once you've established your purpose and the goals of your community, it's really important to communicate this with your learners. Remember that learners have come to your program or course after probably engaging in other communities attached to courses and programs before. So they may have an expectation of what your community is going to provide, what your community is going to feel like, how they might need to show up in that community. So it's important that you set some really clear expectations about what the community is, what the community isn't, and how you're going to show up and how you want them to show up. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is Sunday and I'm recording this to go live tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, which in all honesty is simply just evidence of the amount of things I have currently drawing on my time and energy at the moment. I'm not sure where you are in the world, but I'm in Ontario and... At this time, like many of you, we are getting hit hard with the third wave of COVID-19. And well, let's just say it's not going well here. That in itself creates a heaviness, which is something I know that you are all unfortunately familiar with, and it's making it difficult for me to really have that pep in my step. But I do want to share that in my time overall, good things are happening. I've joined a new group coaching program that I'm really excited about. I've got chosen to speak at PodFest Masterclass, which is in May. I've helped a client this week design and launch her group program. And I'm refining my course audit process, which I'm currently starting to offer in a VIP day format. But today is podcast recording day. I just completed an interview with Susanna Ray, which will be going live on Thursday. And I'm loving showing up here and just hitting record. I remembered though that in my last episode, I told you that I would be sharing some ways that you can protect your time and energy when offering a community along with your course or program. So that's what we'll be talking about today. If you aren't familiar with that episode, it's episode 13. And in it, I talk about why you should choose to have a community because that's something that a lot of people wonder whether they should or shouldn't have a community attached to their course or online program. And more specifically, I talk about the impact of social learning and the opportunities that it offers learners. So I'm a big fan of having a community, but the challenge is community can drain you as the course creator or the guide facilitator of the learning product. So today I want to talk to you about what you can do to help avoid that. This comes from years of providing different types of learning communities in the courses that I've taught both in higher ed and in the online space and from my experiences of participating in a lot of online communities. Some really great, some not so much, but we are all learning and there's always room for growth. As I mentioned already, if you're not sold on the importance of community inside of a learning product, go back to episode 13. 
that episode is titled Think Twice Before Saying No to Hosting a Community in Your Course. Once you've decided that you're going to commit to an online community for your course, the one thing that you need to get clear on, which is going to really help you know how to show up and when to show up, is to identify the purpose and goals of the community. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why people may create a container where people can engage with one another inside of their course or program. Communication is one of the biggest things that could be communicating with you, that could be communicating with other students or learners. There's also opportunity within containers to give and receive feedback, get support with various aspects of the course curriculum. It could be an opportunity for relationship building. It can be an opportunity to motivate people. And I like to say empower and inspire students or learners to really take action. Now the community can offer opportunities for all of these things, but I think it's really important that you as the course creator or the designer of that space really understand what the primary function and role of that community will be. That will help dictate to you or set the stage for you to show up and achieve your goals with your community while also protecting your time and energy. If you try to show up to do all things for all people on your own as a solopreneur, for example, inside of a community where your focus is relationship building, your focus is providing support, your focus is giving and receiving feedback, you are going to get burnt out. Once you've established your purpose and the goals of your community, it's really important to communicate this with your learners. Remember that learners have come to your program or course after probably engaging in other communities attached to courses and programs before. So they may have an expectation of what your community is going to provide, what your community is going to feel like, how they might need to show up in that community. So it's important that you set some really clear expectations about what the community is, what the community isn't, and how you're going to show up and how you want them to show up. I'm seeing this more and more in the community spaces on Facebook where people are actually writing out what some might consider to be really elaborate guidelines of interaction or engagement within that space. The amount of detail that has started to go into these is, I think, phenomenal. It leaves no question about what the expectations for behavior are when you're going to be there and how you're going to show up for them and essentially really helping them understand what the purpose and function of that container is. And you can always refer people back to those guidelines. And if they're well-written, very detailed for people, leaving no room for question, having that guideline for them to go back to and review when needed is, is going to be a time saver in itself. I've seen a lot of people actually writing those guidelines when people come into the group or the space, they're asked to read them, like or comment that they've read them. And from there, they're posting them every once in a while just to remind people that those guidelines exist. Sometimes that's reactive. Sometimes it's because something's gone on in the group. There's been complaints about someone doing something that goes against the community guidelines. 
but sometimes it's really just to remind people of what that space is, the purpose, what the rules of engagement are so that we're avoiding having these issues come up in different groups. Another strategy that's really important for online community management is making sure that you create some content in advance that's going to align with your purpose and goals of your community. That could mean you're using the scheduler or it could just mean that you've got some mapped out prompts that are going to be what I would call your staples in your community. The things that people are going to expect to see from you on a regular basis. That might be a quick win post. It might be an opportunity to give or receive feedback. It might be an opportunity to answer a question on that week's content, whatever it is that people are working through, especially if they're working through that content together as a group. So you want to be able to have some of those things mapped out and decisions made in advance of starting the group or of launching the group. Having these types of predictable posts not only helps you as the person who's delivering to not be wondering what to post every week, but it also offers the opportunity for that consistency and setting the stage and the tone for the group as a whole. People are creatures of habit. That's why when students come to your face-to-face classes, they always sit in the same seat. So if they know that different things are going to happen at different times, predictably, whether that be even when you're going to be going live and those kinds of things, they're going to thrive in that environment and they're more likely going to show up and engage. Make sure that you're being really intentional about those posts though and how they align with the purpose and goals that you've set out for your group. If they align, you're golden and you can get that scheduler set up and be assured that there's going to be ongoing engagement in your group as a result. Another strategy that I've seen is people using theme days inside of their learning communities. And again, this continues to also establish that sort of sense of consistency and it reduces the overwhelm of the community manager or the course creator. You might be a solopreneur and be doing both of those roles. You may have a team, but having that element of consistency alleviates that sort of sense of overwhelm and the guesswork that comes out of what do we say today? How many times should we post today? You've already established for yourself what that rhythm and cadence is. Another strategy that I've seen used, but not always consistently, is the use of hashtags or topic tags. And I'd like to offer you this opportunity to think about them differently. When I first started seeing topic tags popping up in groups, it's been quite a long time now, but when I started seeing and using these topic tags, I saw the benefit to the people inside of the group. They could search for that specific tag and they would find perhaps the information that they were looking for. But I also want to suggest how the tags can help you in a slightly different way. So if you're using hashtags for your topics and you do the search, you're going to be able to really narrow your focus on that week's curriculum and content. So if you asked people to, we'll take course creation as an example, if you ask people to write on a thread where the topic tag is how to build an audience, you can really focus all of your time and attention when you're trying to 
sift through all of the comments when you do go into your group you're going to be able to narrow your focus to those particular threads so it's sort of this win-win and I think sometimes people don't really fully understand the benefit of the tags from the community management perspective Another common way to set the stage for success in a community and for it to not be a drain on your time and energy is to have an introduction discussion thread. And this is really important for you to spend some time in. This is a place where you know that people are going to be introducing themselves. You can welcome them in. You can get a very good feel for your customer base, your client base, your students, your learners whoever is engaging in your professional learning community and really see that discussion thread as not just a place for them to engage with one another, but for you to continue to do market research about who you're attracting. And if you have it all in one thread versus allowing people to post independent introductions, it's going to reduce the overwhelm of the group as a whole. Another way that you can create a really engaging community and not have it be a real drain on your own time and energy is to invite your students to bring their expertise to the group. So often we're attracting people that may already have an expertise in part of or maybe even all of what we're teaching. They Maybe they just really want to learn from us. Offering the opportunity for people to come in and share that expertise is going to allow the community to feel much more rich and value-driven than if you just rely on yourself to deliver all of the content yourself. Now, I agree that there can be some risks involved in this, but my suggestion to you would be to have some type of application process for this and inviting your learners to be an expert inside of your group for a week on a particular topic is an opportunity for you to have a really good curated list of experts. It is an opportunity for them to bring value to your group and it provides you the opportunity to take a brief step back and catch your breath if that's what's needed. The second to last tip I would like to share is around time blocking in your own calendar and telling people when you're going to show up and actually showing up at that time. Look at your Facebook analytics and the stats in the back end and see when people are most likely engaging. And if you can correlate your engagement time with that time of the day, it's going to be a win-win. You'll be able to maximize your commenting and perhaps even get engagement rather quickly so that you can tighten the loop up in that communication and be able to help people move forward into action or to get the feedback and support that they needed in order for them to carry forward into the next week's content. And lastly, if you don't have a team that is currently supporting you with community management, consider offering a role even temporarily inside of that container to help you balance out some of the expectations of that learning community. And again, this might go back to what your goals are, the function of that community within your course, but finding ways to delegate certain community-based tasks to team members is another great way to really minimize the drain that a learning community can put on you. So I know that many of these tips are probably things that you've seen and heard about in the online space inside of Facebook group communities or circle communities. And while there may not be rocket science, I emphasize them here because 
They are so important in understanding why we do what we do. Not just what we do, but why we do what we do. And, you know, a lot of these strategies have win-wins. Wins for the learners and wins for the person who's facilitating the course or program community as a whole. So I hope you found some of these tips helpful. I'm sure that there will be much more conversation about community in later episodes. I'd like to direct your attention to episode 10, where Joanna Novello talks about creating magic in your community. And that's a lot more around engagement and how to make that experience something that is unforgettable for your learners. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, one of the best thank yous you can give me is to subscribe and leave me a review. Leaving a podcast review helps me get more reach and attract more listeners. And if you're ready to skill your course, I also have a free roadmap that you can download. This roadmap will give you access to my framework for scaling courses, what you need to do, what you need to consider, and even who you should include in the process. Check the show notes below. Thanks for listening.